Welcome back, everyone, and we are happy to have you here today on Serious Census. On our fifth podcast, today we're going to be talking about right-sizing done right. And I, before we get started, I want to make sure that I do mention from our friends at the American College of Healthcare Administrators that we invite you to check out more information regarding their spring convention and expo that is going to take place virtually April 13th through the 27th, 2021. And more information can be uh, found on their website at www.achca.org. So today we're gonna to be talking about right-sizing done right. And I'm gonna kick this over to Linda. Linda's done a lot of work in uh, other senior living spaces in helping them kind of figure out what is the right size of my community? And now more than ever, we're all asking those questions as we've had a lot of uh, census shifts and market shifts and demands. And so Linda, I'm gonna kick this over to you to go ahead and get us started. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tiffany. And welcome our listeners to the fifth podcast of Serious Census. And I appreciate that, that intro. And, and Tiffany, you're, you're right. Uh, there's been a lot of those shifts. There's been so much change during 2020 and a lot of concerns out there regarding um, how units within um, senior living and assisted living are allocated, as well as um, the post-acute side of it, the, the skilled nursing side of it with our licensed nursing home beds. Uh, so we wanna talk about that a little bit as we're coming out of the pandemic and taking a greater look at that of what makes um, good business sense, uh, what aspects should we be taking a little deeper dive to evaluate, and where do we go from here? And we could probably talk about this for a whole hour, but we wanna spend the next six minutes on it right now to just give everyone a little bit of a, of a jump start in that direction. So when we're talking about um, on the post-acute and um, the skilled nursing side of things, you know, you really got to look at, you know, the, your historical occupancy pre-COVID, obviously, but then also where is it at now? And how is that, uh, what's the complexion, I guess I'll call it, the landscape there of that, that space? You know, you've got your, um, what I'll call the short-term ins and outs of, of the subacute clients. We recognize those lengths of stay are even shorter if you're doing a, a managed care population there and you've got a lot of those insurance contracts in, in comparison to your traditional Medicare side of things, but then also your, your extended care or your long-term care residents that you serve. And in many of your um, facilities, that long-term core was dramatically impacted during the pandemic, but in many instances, that was very slowly eroding anyway because of all the options that are out there within um, community-based services that kind of blend over that gray area for meeting residents' needs. Also with COVID though, we, we had to create these um, quarantine areas, isolation areas, um, your uh, your areas for observation or exposure. So it really rocked the world of your traditional layout there. And also if you had a lot of uh, shared accommodations, you know, in, in some of our, of our listeners could still have 
um, rooms that are for uh, triple, you know, and quadruple. Um, I call them almost like like quad type rooms, like you'd have in dormitories, or you're having your semi-private shared accommodations in that regard. And and does that make sense? Because in a lot of instances, we were already questioning that of, you know, does this make sense in a shifting population where everyone wants private accommodations or having privacy features within a shared type of setup? So I would really urge you to take a look at that so that coming out of COVID, what do we need to do to make sure that we can be more flexible, that we can be responsive, that in the event there's any other types of health issues that occur in the future, we can mobilize quickly because many places that were, let's say a 100 bed or 120 bed um, skilled nursing facility, suddenly their capacity was 80 based on those factors. So I really wanna take a look at that and make sure that what we're doing um, is, is good operational sense. Um, certainly we wanna put those, the, the staffing component in there plays, plays a, a crucial role. Um, the, the operational footprint and could we utilize that extra space for other reasons or for other purposes that could be meaningful. Um, along with that too, needs to be in our, in our alternative elements of, of the senior living space. You may have assisted living, you could have congregate living or catered living or somewhere you can age in place and have independent living all the way through assisted and shift those services, personalize those services based on the individual's needs and they don't need to move at all. Or perhaps you might have a memory support area. We need to look at those too. Um, to see what makes sense and and really, you know, how can we also look at if you're in an area where you do pay bed taxes or some form of a unit tax and you're being taxed heavily as an owner, as an operator um, for unoccupied or underutilized um, uh, capacity there, does it make sense we readjust that on a permanent basis? You know, sometimes you can kind of just take it out of order, but you're still paying for it. But those can be very, very expensive costs there that you may not be able to recoup unless we're really looking at, again, um, rate changes and things, which our market cannot afford. Um, I want to shift it over, though, to Tiffany for our last few minutes. Um, to talk a little bit about some of the market demand pieces because we certainly get very involved in new developments and in um, communities where you're gonna see uh, population shifts and economic shifts. So Tiffany, do you wanna add a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think when we're considering where our ideal occupancy is and do we, can, do we look at growth in the market, you know, some of the things that we have to reevaluate that will look completely different from pre-COVID now post-COVID is just the market economics and you know how many businesses were affected uh, in our areas that you know did they drive did it drive businesses out did people have to go bankrupt um, your because your overall market economics will absolutely but indirectly um, affect your overall occupancy and the demand within your market. So, you know, if you're looking at um, trying to figure out, do I want to grow in this market? Um, you know, we have to also take consideration for those areas as well. You know, do you have a new business coming into town? That's usually a good in indicator of growth within that economic market. Um, you know, and, and are you 
looking at your hospital systems and what are they doing? Are they downsizing at all? Um, or are they shifting how they're delivering their services? What's their message? Um, are they advocates for the senior living space? Um, and, and are they pushing people to use your communities as a resource for healthcare services? Um, and, and just some of those things that you might not necessarily think of that, well, hey, if the school shut down, then, you know, does that doesn't really affect senior living, but it absolutely does. And I just want our listeners to make sure that they're being mindful of those things about big businesses or even small businesses that are coming or going and how that directly affects um, the occupancy or demand uh, within those markets. Great points. And we can certainly even expand on this topic in the future. So we always encourage your feedback uh, and, your, and your comments and your insights. Um, our number that you can reach us at is 614-582-6733. Again, that's 614-582-6733 for Serious Census on behalf of Tiffany Harding and myself, Linda Saunders. We're gonna end this fifth session though with a, with a song that we, we like. Um, it means a lot to us um, and it's, it's ever so popular and timeless uh, by the late Aretha Franklin. Any of you Midwesterners, um, Aretha is uh, from the Michigan area and would frequent the grocery stores there, namely one that's called Myers. And I've talked to so many people over the years that would be just shopping through the store with groceries and she would show up in her big tour bus and go in and shop just like everyone else and was amazingly approachable, always um, so wonderful to staff and to anyone that would want their picture taken with her, um, just a, an amazing woman. So um, we feel that way and, and we have so much respect for all of you in the field and for what you're doing that we felt we wanted to energize your Wednesday um, with Aretha Franklin's iconic song called Respect.